0: If I had the need and the wherewithal, Mr. Banks, this would be my trunk of choice. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'll take four of them. May you live a thousand years old, <laughs> sir. We have to go back! Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Flashback Flicks podcast. I'm Ricky.
1: And I'm Grayson.
0: And today we are continuing on the Megathon for the month of February with Joe versus the Volcano, the quote-unquote romantic comedy starring quote-unquote. No, it does star uh, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Uh, This movie came out in March 1990. For those of you just joining us for the entire month of February, we are uh, reviewing Meg Ryan rom-coms because we were thinking, hey, Meg Ryan is typically in rom-coms when Harry met Sally uh, mm-hmm. and the other movies we'll be reviewing is like uh you've got mail and sleepless in Seattle and we we're thinking yeah Joe versus volcano that's like a Meg Ryan rom-com it has Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks
1: yeah because we wanted to do the three rom-coms that she did with Tom Hanks plus when Harry met Sally because right. you got to do when Harry met Sally and we're doing them in chronological order as well right yeah. Uh, so we watched this, and I, this is the first movie that we have reviewed where neither one of us had seen it before yeah. watching it for this podcast.
0: Mm-hmm. I remember seeing the volcano scene um, on UPN on Sundays uh, repeatedly just throughout my childhood. Like, just that scene, click clicking through the channels, like, oh, I guess this movie's on, and then click away. That's all I remember. The first time I watched this movie – because I watched this movie twice because what? that's – yeah, man. <laughs> man. I'll I'll get to it later, but I watched it – so the first time I watched it, I was like, how did this movie get made? And so I did some digging, and here's a direct quote from John Patrick Shanley after someone asked him, what on earth possessed you to make a movie like this? Because he
1: was the director and the writer.
0: Director and mm-hmm. writer. And quote from John Patrick Stanley. I just wrote whatever came into my head, whatever I wanted to write next. I wrote it on spec. I wanted to write the story of Joe versus the Volcano. And when I was done with it, I said to my agent, you know, I think this is something Steven Spielberg might like. And she sent it to him. And I was in L.A. at a hotel doing something. And the phone rang and it was Spielberg. And he said, I read your script and I really like it. I said, thanks. And he said, I understand that you want to direct it, which I don't remember saying. And I said, yes. And he said, well, I think that's a great idea. And that's how I got the directing job of Joe versus that Volcano.
1: story is more far fetched than the movie <laughs> itself.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. This movie is definitely out there in case you haven't seen the movie. Here's a quick synopsis of it. Um Okay, I'm gonna find a better synopsis. But I'll read this one. It says, when a hypochondriac learns that he's dying, he accepts an offer to throw himself into a volcano at a tropical island, and along the way there learns to truly. Okay, that's it.
1: not what the movie really is.
0: Not even a no. little bit. Let me try. To, let me find a better one. Uh, <laughs> we'll just,
1: uh, let me just tell you real quick what this movie is. Okay. So, uh, so Tom Hanks plays Joe Banks. <laughs> that rhymed. Yeah. And he is working <laughs> at this company that he hates. They make like mass amounts of petroleum jelly and they're like famous for anal probes or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it said anal on the sign, but probes. Rectal uh, probes. Rectal probes. Oh, rectal probes. oh okay. Well, um, and
0: and if, you, if you were wondering, Grayson, uh, why the whole opening sequence felt like it was uh, a deleted scene from Beetlejuice, mm. Um, it's because the set designer for Beetlejuice uh, actually created Oh, this I was
1: set. watching that opening scene thinking, uh, is this like 1984, the
0: comedy? <laughs> I watched this at home and I was like, am I in the wrong house right now? Like, wh- what movie did I accidentally pop in? Because I thought it was like a Tim Burton
1: film. Yeah, not very much. They have the, the streets that are angled in, in weird ways that don't make any sense. The
0: crooked, the road, crooked road that Tom Hanks... Keeps walking yeah. down.
1: Anyway, he hates his job, uh, and he believes that he is sick. Like I said, he's a hypochondriac, so he believes that the, the lights are making him sick. They're giving him headaches. Uh, basically, his whole work environment is horrible. The only kind of bright spot in his day is the, when he talks to this um, uh, other worker there who's played by Meg Ryan. Uh and his boss is screaming, he is always having the same conversation, just a repetitive, horrible life. Uh mm-hmm. so Tom Hanks goes to the doctor after a big fight with his boss. Uh doctor tells him, You're completely fine except that you're terminally ill. And uh basically you have four four to six months to live, and you just need to live life well. And Tom Hanks is like, Well, then I'm gonna ask out that girl and I'm gonna Quit my job, and I'm I'm gonna do things right. So he goes to his job, quits, does does all those things, has a huge massive meltdown. Well, goes on a date with the girl. Uh, mm-hmm. they they're hitting it off. Things are going well. Then he lets slip that he's going to die. She freaks out and leaves. He gets really depressed. And the next morning,
0: Mr. Moneybags knocks on his door.
1: Lloyd Bridges, uh, if you watch the airplane movie, uh, Lloyd Bridges, he's the guy who picked the wrong week to stop sniffing glue. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) He plays uh, he plays uh, Graynamore. He's like a super rich guy shows up at his door and says, Joe, I got a job for you. I, i Made all my money in this material that is harvested from this island, but this island's...
0: unobtainable. Yeah, yeah,
1: basically. This island's going to sink into the ocean uh, because uh, they believe, the islanders believe that you have to jump into the volcano uh, to appease the gods there, and uh, they're due for someone to jump in there. Uh, and I heard from my doctor that you're terminally ill, so please go there and... Have a noble sacrifice and everybody wins. Uh, I need you to jump into the volcano. And Joe's like, okay, I'll do it. So he gets all this money to like <laughs> buy a bunch of stuff, go on this voyage. Uh, flies to... He has a shopping montage, of course. Flies to Los Angeles, uh, where he is uh, introduced to uh daughter, who is also played by Meg Ryan. Um, but mm-hmm. doing a uh, a great Audrey from Little Shop of Horrors impression, <laughs> and uh, she shows him around. She really likes him, um, but he's like, "I have to, I have to go do this." And she's like, oh, no, don't do that. And stay with me." And uh, she, basically, he leaves to go on the ship, which is captain by. Uh, we should give actual names to these versions of Meg Ryan.
0: Yeah. So Angelica is. The uh, red-headed sister.
1: The, yeah, the L.A. version of Meg Ryan is Angelica.
0: Yeah, and then Patricia is um, Meg Ryan Prime or like Meg Ryan...
1: Neutral Meg Ryan. Yes. yes.
0: Yeah, so she's the one who's writing. the... She or...
1: captains the ship, yeah. Uh, and they're sisters. Dee Dee is also played by Meg Ryan, and she's the one that was back at the horrible factory. Uh, so he gets on the ship. There's a big storm. Uh, he kind of wasn't getting along with Patricia, but then they they got got along all of a sudden. Uh, and mm. she gets knocked overboard, and uh, yeah, he dives in after her. Previously, in his shopping spree, he had bought these large pieces of luggage, four big pieces of oh luggage that are watertight, so they float. Water tight. watertight, you know, that kind of luggage. Um, And so they float. So they basically life of pie this scenario on top of these four pieces of luggage uh, and just keep floating. She's knocked unconscious and he's um, kind of there in the sun, uh, unknowingly auditioning for Castaway. Uh, and <laughs> basically they keep on floating until they come across uh, the island that they were looking for. Yeah. You know, they just happen to find the island.
0: Just drifted, drifted there. I yeah, worked
1: for Lost. So they uh, <laughs> they go on. So after they enroll in the Dharma Initiative, <laughs> yeah, they're given jumpsuits and a smoke monster comes out. Uh, no, they they get on the island and um, Abe Vagoda, who uh, recently passed away, but great comedic talent, uh, is the chief of the people that live on this uh, on this island. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, interesting side quirk, they love orange soda. Um, so they have this big ceremony, and Joe is gonna prepare himself for being thrown into the volcano. And uh, Meg Ryan is trying to convince him not to because they love each other now. Because, um, because we're told that they're in love, <laughs> and they basically go through the ceremony, go up to the top, and uh, she's like, I love you. And he's like, Ah, that's horrible timing because I'm about to jump into this volcano. And, yeah. um, they stand there hand in hand and Abe Vagoda marries them mm-hmm. and then they jump into the volcano. And then the smoke monster comes And then actually there is a smoke monster. The smoke spits them out of the volcano. They land in the water. The suitcases come back, because I guess they sunk, but then they didn't they unsunk. <laughs>
0: So because the volcano spit them out, the volcano then erupted and then destroyed the island. Yeah,
1: everyone on the island died. Entirely. Yeah, so they couldn't swim back. They don't know what they're going to do. The suitcases pop up. They climb onto the, the suitcases and they float towards the moon.
0: And if that sounded crazy to you, um, imagine our... <laughs> response when we actually watched this movie um so like i said before i watched this movie twice mm-hmm. uh the first time i watched it i was just flabbergasted because my first impression of the movie was how did this movie get made <laughs> and why just like how, whose idea was this because and i posted it on facebook asked my friends i'm like so i just got done watching joe versus volcano what movie did i just watch and so many people like a shocking amount of people were saying, yeah, that's one of my favorite movies. I'm like, what? And then, so like so many of our, our mutual friends who are like film buffs, like they love this movie. And I was, and I did a ton of research. Like I, I went back and we'll have this in the show notes, but like, we watched a Siskel and Ebert a 1990 review of the movie and they were divided on it. And then I found this Joe versus Volcano fan site, read all these different articles, all the way to a point where I just said, you know what, I just need to watch this movie again. So I watched it again, and the thing that people that divides people on this movie is if you see the movie under the lens of a romantic comedy, like the movie is marketed as, right, or you see the movie as a fable because the one key thing that we didn't mention is that the movie is bookended by a very fairy tale like opening mm-hmm. like the movie opens with once upon a time there was a man named joe and he lived at a terrible terrible job yeah. and so it has this fairy tale like feel like that's that's what people justify it as i i And if you get on board with that idea, it feels like a completely different movie if you watch it a second time around. Like you start seeing different connections and it feels more like a movie, more in the vein of like Office Space or uh, The the Big Lebowski.
1: Right, very detached from reality.
0: Right, it's a little little far removed from reality and it's more about the journey that the characters make instead of it being about the story they're trying to tell through these characters. Hmm. And it took me taking it uh, watching it a second time to see that point. I still think it's a very weird movie. It's a very strange a very out there movie mm-hmm. um backtracking a bit like the like the first like there are several moments throughout the movie where they just play these music video like montages like the first five minutes uh it just felt like a music video, and it was. It was fun, and I enjoyed it. And the movie definitely ha- does have its moments. Um, like I loved <laughs> the moment with the with the boss. It's just like I know he can get the job, but can he do the job, <laughs> Harry? No, H- Harry. But can he do the job? I know he can get the job, but can not he do the job? Like, like, I'm not arguing I,
1: that with you. I'm I'm not arguing <laughs> that with
0: you, Harry. Harry, can he do the job? Yeah, like I like that bit was fun um but the but if you go into the movie thinking you're going to get a romantic comedy um or even that you think that the volcano is going to play a very large role into this movie because half like 30 minutes in i'm like so when does this volcano be smirch joe's honor because (laughs) i don't i they'll even say the word volcano until like like a little bit of halfway into the movie overall, just like looking at it through those two different lenses, it will really shape your view of the movie. Because if you look at it as more of like a fable, you see instead of it just being like, okay, so all these random events happen, you see, so Joe is sick of his life, but then he gets a death sentence effectively. And that motivates him to then start taking chances on life. Mm -hmm. And all these different chances that he's opened up to gets him out of the drudgery of his normal everyday life and takes him on these different adventures. He gets to meet really cool people, um, like oh my goodness, my absolute favorite, <laughs> my favorite favorite uh, character is Marshall, Marshall the uh, cab driver, oh yeah, or limo driver. He's my absolute favorite character. He says, uh, <laughs> "So what kind of what what kind of clothes do you have now?" Well, I got. Kind of clothes I'm wearing, mm-hmm. so you don't have any clothes, they're <laughs> <laughs> coming at the focus, kid. Like, he said that line, I'm like, Whoa, I will write that down. I will, like, Marshall is such a great character. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and yeah, yeah, I I mean, I'm kind of all over the place just because, like, I'll, I'll start here. The strengths of this movie, the characters that they introduce are amazing. I did not recognize Meg Ryan as D, no, near Like did I. I was
1: convinced. I had to look it up. We were debating. I was like, "Is that really her? Is that just someone who's meant to look like her?"
0: Yeah, there's one scene during the dinner scene where she smiles like a Meg Ryan smile. I'm like, I guess that's her, but like they have Cloud Atlas like <laughs> makeup on her, and <laughs> when she's Dee because I she looked completely unrecognizable yeah. and she sounded different and she looked like um. She looked like another actor who I can't remember their name, but she looked just like this other woman. I'm like, oh, that's probably her. But then it's like, no, that was Meg Ryan. I was like, what? Hmm. Angelica is a really great character. Marshall is one of my favorite characters. But the only problem is, with the exception of Dee Dee, because I feel like her arc was told pretty well. Hmm. Um, like Marshall, he's such a great character. And you want to see more of him, but after he drops him off, after the end of the montage, that's the all we see of him. Yep. And then Meg Ryan um, as Angelica, she her accent is one of my favorites. I I, I liked it. It was such a fun, uh, little over-the-top character. Uh, but after she drops her off with Patricia, other Meg Ryan, that's all we see of her. Uh, and the characters are strong, but we just don't get to see a lot of them. Yeah, we never revisit
1: a single character except for Joe.
0: Yeah. And uh, – and here's the other thing like and this is how like people see this as like a very deep and very symbolic movie the filmmakers say that they had meg ryan play the same three characters um, to symbolize how the same woman can seem completely different um depending on when you meet her in their life like when joe first meets dede she's someone who he's dreamed about but actually getting to know her he finds that she's shallow and fearful and like his uh, very similar to how his adult life was before he got his diagnosis and then um the second woman angelica uh, is flighty and obsessed with material things but ultimately empty uh kind of similar to how joe he's like well i have all these different things you know i have these suitcases i have all this money i have this limo but you know he spent the night alone so they believe that that those two characters like he met The uh, Patricia or he met Angelica at the point in time where he was in that transition Um, and then when he met Patricia the third Meg Ryan uh, she's outspoken and independent but still not sure of her lot in life and that's how Joe feels as he begins to come to terms with the end of his life like that's a lot to get from that you know Mm -hmm. like that's a lot of headcanon Um, or because in theory this is from the filmmaker so like that's a lot of you know symbolism to put into those kinds of roles yeah no
1: that makes but, sense though especially if it's supposed to be his coming of age story each of the right the three sections represent a stage in maturity they act very much like infants or kids in the first part mm-hmm. and then in la they act like teenagers and it's not till the third part that they actually seem like young adults yeah so and it leads up to their marriage
0: which, um, which I, the first time I watched it, I was kind of, like, caught off guard by the time they got to the island. Because it's like, I feel like they, the first time I watched it, I felt very rushed. It's like, okay, great, we're on the island. Joe, you've gotta go. Because, mm-hmm. like, for a movie titled Joe versus the Volcano, I was expecting for him to be on the island more. And to get to see them interact a little bit more before... Meg Ryan declared her love for him because most of the time together is catching that puppet shark.
1: (laughs) Oh, that puppet
0: shark. Oh, that puppet shark. So (laughs) the movie, there's this little scene and like this movie, if they're going to use a song, they are going to play it in its entirety. They play like this three to four minute song. Uh, The only scene that we see is them fishing and all leading up to them like catching this random shark which is another great character that we don't get to see
1: yeah the shark never comes back
0: <laughs> fun fact that shark mm-hmm. uh, also played by meg right
1: oh wow that's just where <laughs> she was in her life she was at a right? hammerhead <laughs> point in her life
0: yeah the where she wanted to go was going in two different directions
1: yeah she just her eyes weren't hooked on the <laughs> same place but she lashed out Sorry. there is one more element that is very important that we left out in the recap At the very end of the movie, before they float towards the moon, they start putting the pieces together and realize (sighs) Joe was never sick to begin with. It was just a big misunderstanding and a manipulation from uh, Meg Ryan's dad to make him do this thing. That the doctor was basically owned by Meg Ryan's dad.
0: Which to me, even when I watched it the second time around, I was like what this didn't need to end like a bad improv scene like it didn't need to be like turns out everything you did was a lie like like did we need that yeah did we rug pull yeah like I, I didn't like how they did that because i think they still could have ended it with them i think they could have just ended it with him saying i ah, maybe should have gotten a second opinion he's like you didn't get a second opinion she's like ah maybe nothing he's like oh well man i'm better and then she's like listen who knows if you're sick or not like what's important is that we're here now, and I think the thing should be like if the moral of the story was like for him to like live his life, mm-hmm. I think it could have been punctuated well with him saying, "You know what, forget it, we're out here so long as we have each other. It would have the same sentiment without rug pulling all of the other like oh, my dad manipulated you and this doctor that." You never would have known. It's just yeah. like, th- like that was the most reaching. Yeah, like that was the furthest reaching thing. I was like, really? Well, and the is the that- fact that
1: the doctor diagnosed it as a brain cloud, they start making fun of that as well. It's like, well, you have a brain cloud, and your
0: you have a brain
1: cloud, your your brain is slowly going to shut down. Um, yeah, that's uh, and it felt like the acting in that last scene as well. Like, I love both of these actors but it was mm-hmm. very stilted and it kind of hesitated between each line mm-hmm. Yes, it was unnerving.
0: I think the, only, the thing that I, I wanted more of is the suitcase guy. That guy. Oh
1: was... my <laughs> goodness. Barry so the McGovern, said... <laughs> Barry McGovern, my favorite character uh- in the entire movie.
0: Uh yeah, so during the montage of uh Tom Hanks like buying all these suits and these expensive things, he buys these big suitcases from just the best guy. I thought he was the uh, the guy from Newsroom who wore a bow tie. I was like, is that young Newsroom no. guy? But it's, <laughs> it's not. not. No. Uh, but I I yeah Barry McGovern he was fantastic. Uh, he had
1: one of the best lines that I feel like could be dropped into like an episode of community or Rick or Morty or whatever. <laughs> so Tom Hanks says, So I'm gonna be living on this island. I don't know if I'm gonna be living in a hut or what. And the suitcase guy says, That's very exciting as a luggage problem.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. Yeah, I'd say overall the movie's weird. It's a weird Movie, So, if you haven't seen it yet, just be prepared for that. And I'd say try to look at it from a more of a fable perspective than a romantic comedy. Mm. Like, romance is involved in it, but, like, that's not what the movie is about, per se. It's Joe Mance. (laughs) Yeah, it's Joe Mance. Um, but now we are going to, uh, I know we've been scattered, but now we're going to go into an actual segment of the show, uh, called Headcanon. Head cannon. Headcanon <laughs> <laughs> head is uh, where we take unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the movie. My first headcanon has to do with the, uh, Tom Hanks universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Cinematic Universe, yeah. uh, and that is that this entire movie it, it's a dream sequence that takes place during Castaway.
1: Oh, you're just thinking on it.
0: Yeah, well, I think so. The specific moment is like after Tom Hanks knocks his tooth out in Castaway. Oh, and you jump
1: four years ahead. Yeah, yeah.
0: So I think during that time, like when he knocks himself out, he's dreaming about this because there are a lot of parallels. Like instead of a job that he, um loves is a job that he hates and it's very cartoonish in how everything is set up and you have these disjointed scenes that don't really make that much sense and so it all ends up with him being on an island and him surviving it Mm, you know yeah so that's that's my headcan is that it ties in like it's it's basically a castaway daydream
1: nice yeah Yeah, i always wondered what happened in that time
0: Um, so stop the movie. So you watch the movie, yeah. and he knocks his tooth out, stop the DVD, put it in Joe vs. Volcano, watch it, and then go back into Castaway to see if it makes it's sense. It's the
1: Castaway machete order. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so my headcanon, I-, I was pretty disheartened by the movie when I got to the end. Like, I had no, no sense of closure. Um, yeah. And so I immediately started going to headcanon as a way of processing this film mm-hmm. and I came across an idea that um, well, I developed an idea that I think makes it settle a lot better for me after the date with Dee, mm-hmm. and he is sitting in his house just having a drink he's looking out the window everything after that is in his mind uh, mm-hmm. that he actually is sick he does have something called a brain cloud, and it is slowly eating away at his brain and his sense of reality. Mm. So that's why when Graynamore knocks on the door, he is this larger than life, colorful character that we haven't really seen before. And he, he mm. offers him an offer that's too good to be true. Uh, it also explains why all of the women that we meet are Meg Ryan because they are copies of the one woman that he had dated previously. Um, and each one gets a little bit closer to what he actually wanted her to be. Um, Cause Dee is the only one that really rejects him. Angelica and Patricia actually embrace him, which would be mm-hmm. the the fantasy for Joe. Um, Also explains why uh, Marshall has kind of this imaginary friend type feel in the way that he gives advice and just kind of floats in Mm -hmm. and then doesn't come back. Um, And how problems just seem to resolve themselves around Joe. Uh, The biggest piece of evidence for me, though, is that last scene. Um, So as they're moving forward, so ultimately the volcano is his disease. It's Joe versus his disease. Basically, the thing that's going to blow up in his head and kill him. Oh, it's, that's so good. So yes, Joe versus his 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 internal volcano. But that last scene that we were talking about, where the acting is so stilted and uh, all of the reality has been rug pulled, those are Joe's final moments when the brain is actually is clouded. The volcano's gone, but the island was taken with it. The island being his brain, and mm. he's just kind of floating now. He's just out there, and so it's difficult to form words for him the communication is slowing down they're trying to resolve it to this happy ending but it doesn't make sense and so the cognitive abilities are starting to to atrophy and uh that's why he just floats off towards a moon it's it's him moving on uh, at the end of his uh, battle against the volcano
0: wow that's really really deep and i'll add on to that because um this is actually a piece that they put in there, but the his little lamp that he has mm-hmm. in his office, it basically shows the rest of the movie. It shows yeah. the it it shows the water and the moon as well as like a tropical island in the volcano. Right. Um and that's his mental escape in the drudgery of his work. So for him to actually daydream about that and for him to like mentally create that moment for himself uh is actually really good like that's it's it's it, it makes it uh sadder right it's it's Um, very
1: tragic from from that view uh and yeah you're exactly right about the lamp but there are also other instances within that first third of the movie that drops more subliminal messaging about like escape to paradise on a poster during the first date with Dee uh Mm -hmm. and, and other bits and pieces like that that don't have a a place in the the next part of the film. Um, Right. Also the thing that kind of sent chills down my spine was when he's sitting in the diner with Angelica and she says, I'm an artist. Um, And they look over to her art and there's the three panels
0: yeah, it says, this is a real scene. This is, a, this real is scene. a real scene. And then
1: the scene that Joe is in does not say this is a real scene because it's not a real scene. It's in his head. Oh,
0: my goodness. No. <laughs> wow. That's solid. That is some solid headcanon right there. You know it's a solid headcanon when it blows your mind.
1: Oh, too soon. Head cannon. Oh, <laughs> It blew Joe's mind.
0: Oh, yeah, look at that. I, I did not mean to make that fun. I
1: thought you were making fun of a very serious illness.
0: No, I was just saying my mind was blown, but I am so sorry. Oh, that's why this segment's called
1: Head cannon. I get it.
0: Oh. <laughs> no, that's really good. Yeah. So, so uh, no, I
1: appreciate that. It's uh, something that I wrestled with over the course of the week of having watched the film, and it's just like, yeah, I think I maybe, that probably was not the intention, but... I choose to believe that is the story.
0: Yeah, it definitely paints it in a different light, you know, especially like, I think like one of the moments we haven't really talked about that much is the moment when um, he is like, he kind of comes to terms with his life. Like the giant moon starts rising up um, and he just has this moment. He's just like, God, I'm so grateful for my life. Mm -hmm. Like, thank you for my life. Like he, like he accepts his fate like, in that moment, and it it's very much um, a moment that he needs. Like, originally, the first time I watched it, I was like, I could have done without the whole, like, stranded scene. Like, they could have just ended up on the island, and they would have spent more time on the island. But I think we needed him to come to terms with his life and how it has gone um, in order for him to move forward. And I thought that was really cool the second time I watched it. I was like, oh, wow, this is, like, this is an important scene. Yeah. And uh but it definitely ties into your headcanon very strongly.
1: Yep. Yeah. It's an internal battle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And um and then my my last headcanon um is that this whole movie takes place inside the uh Meg Ryan hole of um what? being John Malkovich. Oh where uh, <laughs> <laughs> everyone is Meg Ryan. <laughs> uh like, like, actually, you know the woman who was, like, standing next to Marshall, the Statue of Liberty? Yeah. Also Meg Ryan.
1: Was it? No. Oh. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Joe Banks, played also by Meg Ryan in a Tom Hanks yes. mask.
0: <laughs> this was actually based off of Meg Ryan's one-woman show called Joe versus <laughs> the Volcano um that's my head cannon. uh and you can't prove it otherwise because her acting was that good seriously unrecognizable as dd Dee Dee. yes i was in 100 percent disbelief i was like no like i was waiting to find like some story about like how oh the actor or the director didn't get along with this actor so they just gave meg ryan her credit like i was in that much of a disbelief yeah
1: or like a dr parnassus type thing where they're, they're yeah. all different yeah yeah Wow. Yeah. Well, that, that reference really landed on the people who saw
0: <laughs> the Imaginarium of Dr. Barnases. That was for you. We did that for you. <laughs> All right. and So now we are going to um, go into a new segment uh, that I'm excited about. What? Uh, what? This is a segment that uh, Grayson actually came up with. When? Uh, <laughs> you texted me. Oh, yeah. Tell me what you think about this title. It's called Second Take Title. Nice, I like it. You know, I like alliteration. Hey. Oh, yeah. So, uh, second take title is where we discuss alternate, alternative titles, um, or alternate titles for the movie. Um, because this movie, Joe versus Volcano, until you brought it home with that, uh, with your headcanon, uh, I, I didn't think it fit. Like, I think it fits if it's like a metaphor for his life mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um but I like when you said that I was I was so proud because I'm watching the movie and I come up with all these different titles and by far I'm the most proud of this. so <laughs> you ready? yeah or his name is Justice banks, right right It's about like he gets into a situation about him be he has a death sentence but then at the end going about changing his life actually ends up saving his life. Mm-hmm. So um, the movie needs to be called Saving Mr. Banks <laughs> Right. <laughs> Even though it's another movie also starring Tom Hanks, I was just like, no, like this is this movie. <laughs> that's what this movie would be called. It yeah, would be called no, Saving Mr. Banks.
1: That's great. Um, no, and I think uh, I think you're right that it is very much about saving more than mm-hmm. the opposition. So um going through that, uh it, as he works through his different incarnations of Meg Ryan, um, all the way down to the Uh, Probably the version of Meg Ryan that is the most reserved and kind of like inward looking. Um, Mm -hmm. I I think uh, taking all that into consideration, you could call it Saving Private Ryan.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, because it's all about him saving her because that's what she said she's just like I wish I had I wish I had what you had I, I wish I wish I was more like you. Uh-huh. Perfect. It was it
1: was a bold choice to use the actress's actual name in the title. Yep.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um another title I thought was um what I think would have been a good turn because uh we've talked about this before or maybe we haven't maybe maybe we personally have talked about it but not on the podcast. Mm. Um but the title of a movie does help bring in people to the movie. And like it's important. Like you want to have a title that is catchy and um lets people know what the movie is about so they can know what to expect. Yeah. Uh because I was waiting for the volcano to show up and to have a big role in the movie, but it didn't as much as I was expecting. So what I think would have been a great movie uh, choice, kind of in the vein of 50 50, I would have named it Six Months Notice. Or Six Months Notice.
1: Six, oh, that's a good movie. Yeah, I like that.
0: Yeah. Because he gets, like, he works his humdrum, um, humdrum job. Then he gets the moment, the notice that he has six months to live. And he's like, oh, well, I'm going to do this, that, and the other. And then he travels the world. And then he agrees to jump into a giant volcano, like, almost like a. bucket list kind of turn or twist on it Mm -hmm. um oh yeah that'd be cool then i would have expected all those things that happened more so than um not seeing the volcano until the last 10 minutes of the movie
1: yeah uh seeing as volcanoes spew ash everywhere uh you could have called this uh joe blows
0: Yeah. uh or another one
1: sorry uh, no you go ahead i will take turns
0: <laughs> i think my other one would have been doctor's orders
1: doctor's orders I like, that's a great title for anything
0: uh patent pending uh,
1: well i don't know about anything i mean maybe not like <laughs> a, a children's animated film unless it's <laughs> educational
0: pixar presents doctor's, doctor's orders. orders
1: yeah i could see that being a short before a feature
0: what if a tongue depressor had feelings probably wouldn't be very happy. <laughs> oh yeah, <you're... laughs> All right. Depressed. Pixar? If you want to if you want us to finish up the treatment. Uh we'll fax it to let you. Let's know. Yeah, we'll fax it to you. Yeah. Um
1: another one I had for the uh the beginning part of the film was uh, Sloppy Joe.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. And now we're going to go into the uh other staple of this show and that is recast or remakes where we talk about uh who we would recast in this movie and if it were to be remade today how would we remake it. Um and I think the obvious choice uh for uh, remaking Joe versus Volcano uh, has to be Joseph Gordon-Levitt mm-hmm. and Zoe De Yep. As uh, as playing as all three of the muses if you will. Mhm. And Morgan Freeman as uh, Marshall, yeah, because I wasn't convinced that it wasn't Morgan Freeman the first time he spoke. Like he spoke, I paused. I'm like, wait, is that more? Is that young Morgan Freeman? Aussie Davis. <laughs> well, because he he they have a similar cadence. They do. Uh,
1: they absolutely do.
0: And that was also in the moment when I was in disbelief that Meg Ryan was who she was. Uh huh. Yeah, there's a lot of people that don't look
1: like uh, who they're supposed to look like yeah in this um yeah i well we did we did zoe de chanel for when harry met sally just because i think those style of roles fit in Mm -hmm. so well and so that's the one that kept popping into my head as as well um i'd probably go out on a limb and say this if we remade this movie this would be what gets lindsey lohan back on top I think she could do a nice job with it. And we also haven't said her name in this podcast ever. You're right. As far as I can remember. You are correct, sir. So I'd like to kind of go a different way with it and say, "Yeah, let Lindsay Lohan try.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, you know who, um, I watched this with a good friend Cooper and, um, and he made this, uh, and I think that is a, a great cast for it. Uh, but the role of Meg Ryan to be played by Christine Malati. Oh Sorry. from
1: how I met your mother? Uh-huh. Oh yeah yeah that'd because be
0: good. I don't know if you remember this, but she actually played a really out there character, completely different from how we know her in that show. Um, but her as or she played a character in 30 Rock.
1: Who was she in 30
0: Rock? It was like a one-off character that I think they were doing an episode about being PC from the episode uh, TGS Hates Women. Oh, I remember that. And she played Abby Flynn. Uh, Um, So, yeah, I think that would be a great casting because that's who I like. She looked a lot like um, Dee Dee. Dee Dee looked a lot like her in the first movie or in the first section of that movie. Yeah. Um, and also pulling from the well of How I Met Your Mother. Uh, would love just to see Jason Segel and more things. So oh, I think I'd... he'd be a good Joe.
1: Yeah, Jason Segel would be a good, good Joe. Um, but also you just saying that made me think of Allison Hannigan would be an amazing Dee Dee Angelica Patricia.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. That's it. That's my choice. I choose Allison Hannigan. Sorry, Jeez. Lindsay Lohan. <laughs>
0: Yeah. No that yeah that I think that'd be good too.
1: And then yeah. uh for Tom Hanks, uh I struggle with that one. It's hard for me to replace Tom Hanks in anything. I just want him to do it again. Yeah. So I do I do uh have an idea for if they remade it, uh it would be more of a sequel. Okay. Uh so uh yeah, so it wouldn't be a remake. It would be just like a standalone sequel, but it picks up with Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan still floating on the luggage, uh, but all of these years have passed and uh, and it solidifies my headcanon uh, uh-huh. because Joe wakes up from, uh, you find out that he's been in a coma all these years from the brain cloud. He wakes up, he still has this depressing reality around him. But now he's determined to actually like live life and it does become more of that bucket list thing. And he wants to find like, Mm. I believe that someone like Patricia is out there, if not Patricia herself. And so um, he's he's going out there.
0: Nice. I like that.
1: Yeah. Uh, And for the Lloyd Bridges, uh, Graynamore character, I would love it uh, to young it up a little bit and have Alec Baldwin play that part.
0: Oh, Yes. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah, I feel like if it were be, be if it were to be made today, we would see more characters throughout the film instead of yeah like, they
1: would come being, back.
0: Yeah, I feel like they would come back. Or I was actually talking about this the second time I watched it with Cooper. Is just like it would be more about him inspiring other people to take their chance on life, and mm-hmm. they would ultimately join him at the volcano. So it wouldn't just be Meg Ryan. It would be Meg Ryan. It would be Marshall. I would love it if the luggage guy was there as well. (laughs) Like he would basically assemble a crew together for a a very small family. And uh, he still falls in love with Patricia, but it's more about like him actually falling in love, making these friends and having these connections with people um, who, do, who does care about him and that when he does ultimately ultimately decide to jump the volcano, that it's kind of bittersweet for him. Um, because he's like, listen, like, I've missed out on so much of my life and I've lived so much over these last couple of months uh, that I wish I could stay more. But like, if I'm going to go out, it, I'm glad I've been able to know these people. Like, I think that would be the direction they'd take it uh, in a modern day adaptation.
1: That would have been so good. That would have been so good. Yeah. And then his hand just sinks like T2. (laughs) Gives the thumbs up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So um, typically how we end this is uh, we give you reasons to recommend uh, because uh, typically we believe that all movies have some kind of merit. Uh, So I'm curious to know, Grayson, what you think. Like, Why would you recommend this movie?
1: I recommend this movie because I think there are several different interpretations that you can take out of it. And even if you take it at face value, it is a journey. Like he says to the luggage man, it is a journey, which is interesting. So I would recommend it because one, it's interesting to see. Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks in their first movie together, and see that chemistry yeah. start to build. They didn't have it initially, right off the bat. Like I would say, that's something that they worked on, and I'm excited to watch the other two films remaining in the megathon um, with this as the foundation, because um, mm-hmm. that really is is cool to see their origins together. And two, what I just said about it being a journey, like any any kind of saga, is interesting to me. And this is a guy who has nothing to lose. And is willing to sacrifice himself for the betterment of others. So there are redemptive thematic parts of this film that I, I think can be enjoyed, and there are some really fun parts, like the the hammerhead shark coming out, super goofy, <laughs> super out of left field, but it's you know it's <laughs> it's fun, yeah. And uh, uh, my final reason to recommend would be uh, the luggage salesman. I think we oh. can't hammer that home enough. The luggage salesman <laughs> that- and Marshall, the limo driver
0: yeah that i would have just loved to see just the rest of that movie take place like the luggage salesman and the rest of his career oh i would love that yeah yeah i'd say i recommend this movie primarily because of my experience with it like i i watched it once i didn't understand it i didn't even really like it um but i wanted to hear other people's perspective on it and understand why they did like it so i watched it again um and it it it's interesting to watch a movie twice and see it for a, from a different perspective, and uh, there, are, there are just a ton of really great moments in the movie, um, and I think the moments sprinkled throughout the movie are definitely worth watching. Uh, and again, just like Grayson said, it's definitely a journey, and those journey kind of films are a lot of fun to watch, especially when you're able to um, see the journey unfold, uh, plus um, you get to play the guessing game of is this an actor other than Meg Ryan or <laughs> is it Meg Ryan?
1: Um, yeah, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. And I, I do want to reiterate, every single movie that is made is a small miracle. And so while absolutely. this this is not the favorite movie that we have uh, that we have reviewed, um, but I still respect this movie like crazy because they took crazy chances. Uh, I said crazy twice. That's crazy. How often I say crazy.
0: You've said crazy now as many times as Mick Ryan has played a character in the movie. So I think it's fine.
1: Oh, crazy. <laughs> they took big chances. Uh, You know, because Tom Hanks big. I got to stop. I got to finish a <laughs> sentence. I have to just like say a thought and get to the end of the sentence. <laughs> okay. Every movie's a miracle. It's amazing that it got made. It is so great. I'm so happy for them to make this movie. Uh, we respect it, even if we yeah. don't always like it.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Um, like not liking a movie and is not the same as saying the movie's bad. Right, I think is fair to say. Like. If you don't like a movie, it's fine. Uh, and I know there, there are going to be some listeners who might re- really enjoy this movie, and it might be their favorite. They might watch it every year with your family. Easily
1: so, see how that would be the case for somebody. That they're like, yeah, yeah this is a great... Like, I have movies like that that I'm sure a lot of people just don't get. And like it just hit them at a certain time in their life when they saw it for the first time and they connect to it. Totally understand that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but one, one final note uh, just on the podcast itself is when you and I set out to make this, we had the idea that there are so many, uh, whether it's YouTube videos or podcasts podcast or what, what have you, so many pieces like that that just bash movies and seem like they actually hate movies. We never <laughs> wanted to be a podcast that just bashed a movie for no reason. Right. Um, and so I think this was really challenging for us to find the silver lining in, in the movie and, and say, like, no, this is good. for, for Whether it's personal preference or not, like, personal preference aside, this is good for some reason. Let's find the good in this film. Um, and hopefully we did that today. And I hope as a viewer and a listener, um, you can uh, also appreciate that, that same stance when watching not just this movie, but other movies that you don't necessarily like, but see if you can find reasons to respect a film
0: i'm not gonna argue that with you grace i'm, I'm not, not gonna argue I, that with you
1: i don't know why i went into all that but no man, I, I it's think it, on I, my chest
0: good i'm glad you shared it cool um, yeah and so that is our review of joe versus the volcano be sure to let us know your thoughts of the movie on twitter we are at flashback flicks and also let us know uh what you thought of our review of this movie on iTunes, review us on iTunes. You can go to the little review tab and review and tell us uh, how much you liked it on the scale of um, Meg Ryan. So either <laughs> so, so either Dee Dee uh, Angelica or Patricia. Um, t- just ra- just tell us just, you
1: you know what that scale means. Yeah. You, so yeah. just tell us Dee Dee Angelica Patricia. And we'll, and
0: we'll and we'll interpret it. we'll interpret your review the way that we think we should interpret it.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll interpret it in the way that makes us feel the best about ourselves.
0: <laughs> Perfect. And uh, be sure to tune in next time where we. Hmm. Well, the movie Sleepless. <laughs> is yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> When you did that. I
1: laughed so hard. Um, okay. Okay, I got one.
0: Okay. And be sure to tune in next time where we continue our megathon with
1: an in-depth look at insomnia in the suicide capital of the United States. Did I do it wrong? Is that not <laughs> is that not the vibe we're going for?
0: I actually didn't know that about Seattle.
1: Oh, yeah, because of the rain. It's bad bad news. At what point did you already cut this conversation off?
0: <laughs> I don't know, man. We still haven't
1: said the name of the next movie. It's yeah. Sleepless in Seattle. Sleepless in Seattle. We're continuing the Megathon.
0: That is correct. So be sure to uh, stay tuned and tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks podcast. And remember to be kind Rewind.